Thank you for joining the Homeschool Help Desk Live. My name is Tam and I'm here to help you. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube at Cousin Tam. And now let's get into the show. Hopefully y'all are all feeling good, feeling great today. Um, if you're new to my live, we're just chatting about homeschooling. This is kind of that time of year where people are getting started, buying curriculum, um, getting registered. So if you do have any questions, please do uh, type them in the QA. And um, usually it's not just me who's a homeschooler in this live. There are others who are also in the live who, um, you know, we essentially it's a conversation in the chat. But um, yeah, if you have any questions that you want me specifically to answer, um, please do type them in the QA because sometimes they do get lost in the comment section. I don't want to um, miss anyone's question or comment if it's directed you know, specifically to me. If it's more for the group, that's fine. You can definitely keep it in the chat. Um, but yeah, just that little that little comment or that little moment there. I just want to make sure everybody knows, like, please type your question in the QA if it's directed at me specifically. Good morning. You said day two for us. High school is so hard. I can imagine. I'm not quite there yet, but I, it's been on my mind for years because I know it's coming. <laughs> I know it's coming. Ah, I am... I'm looking forward to it, but also I'm nervous. I'll be honest. Good morning, April. You said, what made you choose homeschooling? You work in a school when I have kids, I'm homeschooling. Um, so, you know, short, short answer is when we, when we were looking for a home, I didn't like that the homes that we liked were in, you know, considered average school districts and the, the best school districts had homes like that we didn't like or that didn't have everything that we wanted or they were just out of our price range too. And I just didn't like that connection between the home we want and the education we want uh, for our kids. So I just started researching different options, private school, charter school, homeschool. And when it came down to it, homeschool was just the one that kind of ticked all the boxes and, um, you know, really just met all the needs that I wanted. And then what keeps us homeschooling is, you know, just the, I love the freedom. I love being able to tailor my kids' education to what they want to do and their interests rather than, you know, this kind of just arbitrary list of things that the good idea fairy lands on an administrator's shoulder and says, you know what, I think this is what kids should know now. But then none of that translates to real life <laughs> or, you know, not much of that translates to real life. Um, so it's just one of those things where I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do um, until it was, until that moment came. But now it's just like, I, I honestly couldn't see us doing anything, couldn't see us doing it any other way. So that's the answer to, you know, what made me want to start and, and also what keeps us going. So thank you for that question. You said, so I'm assuming you don't currently have kids because you said when I have kids, you're homeschooling. Um, if you don't mind sharing, like what it has encouraged you to want to homeschool when you do have kids, is it in any way related to your job or I'm just curious if you want to share, you don't have to. Um, 
Good morning, everyone. Thank y'all for the follows. Thank y'all for the likes. I appreciate that. <laughs> Good morning. Y'all let me know if I'm coming across delayed because I feel like I know there is a delay with TikTok, but I also know that my internet and my computer can be a little funny. <laughs> okay, you said um, the education system isn't very strong. Also, school violence and schools don't take accountability for the safety of little ones the way they should. Heard, heard, and I understand that. Uh, what grade are my children in? They are going to be going to first, fifth, and eighth grade. Good morning from North Carolina. How are you? Thank y'all for being here. And like I said, thank y'all, those of you who are following. If you have any questions or like just want to chat, please do feel free. This is like totally open discussion about homeschooling. Um, you said, what curriculum do you use? So Fearless Lady, I actually <laughs> use a bunch of different things. There's not one single program that I use. The main things that I use, I do share in my Amazon storefront um, that are you know things that you can purchase. But then um, I also use resources online like education.com, Studies Weekly uh, for science and social studies for like the elementary school years. Um, we have a lot of books in my house. <laughs> so I use a lot of books and documentaries and YouTube. I mean, basically anything is fair game. If, if I feel like it's going to teach my kids um, something that I feel like they need to know, honestly. <laughs> um, but I also do share a resources list in my profile. So I, I see another question here. Good recommendations for sixth grade math. Kind of going to direct you the same way. Um, I do have a resources list in my profile. Uh, if you go to my page and click on the link tree there. The first tab is a, a list of resources for what I use and what other people have used that gets recommended during these lives and I'm adding to it every time we have a live if someone has a good recommendation. Um, so I would look there if you're interested in just a wide, wide range of subjects. Um, but yeah, it's such a hard question to answer for me for like, what do you use? Because it's not like I can just tell you, oh, we use a Becca and, it, and that's it. Like, no, we don't just use one thing. Um, and like I said, anything is fair game. Life lessons happen all the time. <laughs> um, but specifically for sixth grade math, we used Argo Prep for our, our core workbooks. And then uh, I also have the Big Fat Notebook series. So that math book was extremely helpful too for sixth grade. And uh, we used Khan Academy for video explanations as well as supplemental work pages, work uh, worksheets from different sources, but primarily education.com. So that was what we use for sixth grade. He said, you work with children who live with special needs and they are neglected in the system so much. Ah, uh, I don't like to hear that. I hate to hear that. You said, you, uh, okay, you said you use a few as well. Yeah, I, I think, you know, kind of back in the day, when homeschooling had a lot fewer resources, that question was a lot easier to answer. Like, what curriculum do you use? You would just say, you know, whatever catalog you ordered it from. But now with there being just such a wide range of things, I feel like that's gonna be a question that kind of 
goes out the window in, in the future because we're all we're all using everything, <laughs> everything we can, everything that um, that you know can help drive the lesson home and make it com compre uh, easy for our kids to comprehend. You uh, let's see. Good morning, hey April. Uh, is it is it Glamska? You said homeschooling. Homeschool is great if parents are fun and smart, but that's like 9% of parents. Um, not all parents are meant to be teachers. I agree with that statement. I'm not, I'm not recruiting by any means. <laughs> this is just for those who want to and those who, um, who have questions. So yeah, you're not going to hear me disagree with that statement. I don't believe it's for everyone. In fact, I, I kind of, when I hear people say, if I can do it, you can do it. I'm like, no, I work hard at this. <laughs> And not everybody is going to work hard. Some people really do think homeschooling is easy. Um, I'm here to tell you it is a job. And if you're not dedicated to doing the research, your kid your kid could suffer. Doing the research, making the effort, like it's a job. So yeah, I don't disagree. It's not for everyone. What is the easiest way to start homeschooling? <laughs> so I feel like coming off the back of me saying it's hard. <laughs> That was lovely. I love that. Okay, so the easiest way to start to homeschooling is to um, first figure out what the law is for your state. You know, just review that. Um, if you have paperwork, you know, get your paperwork in order. And then I would say focus on your kids learning style before you try to buy a bunch of stuff. Um, that was a mistake that I made. I just bought things at the beginning that sounded good. Like I spent over $100 on a Latin curriculum when we first started, which was a total waste because my kids, number one, aren't interested in Latin. And two, it's just, it wasn't, um, the curriculum didn't mesh up with their learning style. So learning how your kids learn and then figuring out what subjects are most important uh, to teach and then finding the resources that will, that will help you teach those subjects um, in line with your kids' learning style. So I don't know if all that's easy, but that, that's how I did it. You said your husband is worried about our kids, especially middle school, are not being social enough. Any suggestions? Oof, I'm not a social person. Um, but I would say as long as your kid is doing activities that they enjoy, like if you have, let's say you have an art, uh, a kid that's interested in art, introduce them to, you know, try to see if there's an art club in your area. Usually the library is a great place to start just to, you know, figure that out. Or if your kid is interested in sports, put them in sports. I think the social thing is, um, again, it's it's kind of like a leftover stereotype from when homeschoolers had to almost do it in secrecy um, because you had, you know, issues with truancy or whatever back in like the 80s and 90s. Nowadays, if you if your kid wants to make friends, they will. And then you can arrange to see them in different ways, whether it's virtually or in person. It's really just a matter of what does your kid like to do? and you finding ways to encourage that and support that. Um, but in my opinion, socialization for homeschoolers, the, it's the opposite problem, in my opinion, because you can be so social and go to everything and do everything that you actually didn't do much schoolwork. <laughs> you just spent your time hanging out with people. And that was kind of also a trap that I fell into because you get invited to so many more things, especially if you're a stay-at-home parent or a work-at-home parent. A lot of people think you just have much more free time. So you end up not doing the things that you should be doing at home, like, you know, your schoolwork or your housework, because you're out at everything. So that was my concern. We actually had to stop being so social and like really put caps on, okay, we're only going to do three, max four activities per week, because it was just too much to, I mean, it's, it's so easy to fall into that 
trap to where, like I said, you're not even doing your schoolwork because you're out at everything. So that's that's my thoughts on that. Your husband, I would say if your kid is a social kid, every time you go out, it's going to be a social experience. If you have an introverted kid, then I would still, again, recommend that you find activities or clubs or groups that support your kid's interests so they can at least make friends that are that have similar interests in common. I happen to have both social and antisocial kids. Um, so I, I, I do exactly that. My oldest is interested in anime. We found an anime club that meets once a week. She goes to that. And she's like, I'm good. I don't need any more. I also have um, my middle child who's a social butterfly. And she's the one that'll be at people's house, you know, every play date she can, sleepovers, the whole nine. So it's just, you know, you kind of have to tailor the socialization to your kid. How would you recommend transitioning an older child? Like explain what and why you're doing. Oh, explaining what and why you're doing. Like, so I'm assuming Michaela, you mean that your, your older child has been in school and you're now wanting to transition to homeschool. Um, and especially if they're older than sixth grade, I would absolutely just have that conversation of this is what we're thinking about doing. Because I will tell you this, if you are trying to homeschool a child who doesn't wanna be homeschooled, you're fighting an uphill battle. Um, it's not going to work. It's not going to be possible. So at that, at that age, they, they really honestly should be choosing if they want to be homeschooled. I wouldn't just recommend that you withdraw your kid and be like, this is our new normal. I wouldn't do that. That just sounds like a recipe for disaster at that age. <laughs> um, so, you know, just have the conversations, explain why you want them to be homeschooled, what you think the benefits are introduce them to the lifestyle especially over the summer is a great way to kind of test drive it um but i wouldn't just snatch them out of school and be like this is what we're doing now and you're going to get used to it i, I just feel like that's a that's a great way <laughs> to not have a, a good experience at home um but yeah just you know give them the that respect and just have that conversation of this is these are my concerns this is why i think we should be homeschooling um you know, this is, these are opportunities that you can have homeschooling that you probably wouldn't have public schooling. That's a, you know, just share the benefits rather than just making it seem like you're doing it out of fear or concern. Like, you know, I want you to, I want to open up this world of opportunities to you that we wouldn't have otherwise. You know, one of those being travel. Travel is huge uh, because you can definitely travel in off seasons while their friends are in public school or private school you guys are able to take those trips and actually go and experience culture and, you know, history where you wouldn't otherwise be able to do that. If all you're doing is pulling them out of school to sit them in front of a computer to have them do their schoolwork on a computer, I just, I think that would be a horrible idea. Um, so yeah, I would just, you know, have those, have those deep conversations. I think at six, sixth grade enough, they can understand that and they can express to you their concerns or reservations if they are not gung-ho for the idea but you never know they may love it <laughs> you can just be like oh so i don't have to set my alarm anymore and run for the bus cool i'm down with that <laughs> and then i would also say let them choose their curriculum uh, because at that age again they should have some input on what they would like to use okay let me scroll back through because I, I was chatting let's see yeah don't spend a ton up front 100 <laughs> percent I, when I think about how much I wasted on curriculums that just look like a good idea, mm, horrible. You said it's possible you may have spent 900 bucks on kindergarten curriculum. I can't even lie. I'm probably not far behind that figure at the beginning because, like I said, I spent over 100. I, I actually, um, what is it when you're on eBay 
you get into a, like a bidding war. I was bidding on this Latin curriculum. I got outbid and then I, you know, it, I was bidding on this um, used Latin curriculum because I just thought it's such a good idea. It's going to, it's going to help in so many ways. And, you know, I just, I believe the hype <laughs> of Latin and it has been sitting on my shelf for the better part of a decade because my kids are not interested in Latin. And um, I, I keep it there as a reminder to not make that mistake again. Like, do not get caught up in the ads or the, the, the reviews of people. Like, you can take it, take it with a grain of salt, but also, again, keep your kids in the conversation. If I had simply asked my kids if they wanted to learn Latin and let them, you know, test drive the language for a little bit before I did that, I would have saved myself so much money of just not purchasing that because they were not interested in Latin. So, yeah. You still got some great stuff and use a lot still, but dang, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, that Latin is there to teach me a lesson not to do that again. Your kids make friends everywhere we go. Same, especially my younger two. My oldest, again, my oldest, I think, takes after me and we're a bit more reserved um, when it comes to making friends. Like we're polite, but friend, that's a title you earn. But my other two, especially my my uh, middle child, she's like, mom, this is my new friend so-and-so. Can they come over or can we meet up with them at the park? And I'm just like, <sighs> it's like she collects people. I have, she's such an extrovert. You said, do you have a favorite curriculum? I'm struggling to find one. Tiffany, I don't have a, a favorite. Um, I can say things that I use most often come from like education.com because again, it's a resource that I paid for a few years back and it's very easy to go on and find a, a worksheet to support what I'm doing. Um, <clears throat> but favorite, I feel like um, probably my, if I had to say something that I would not want to homeschool without, it's like dry erase boards and the big fat notebook series that I, I talk about. Um, I do have it linked in my Amazon storefront. It's a series of books for middle school and high school um, that basically covers all the basics of those grades. Um, that's a favorite, but I, that's not a curriculum. That's more just like a resource to have on your shelf, almost like an encyclopedia of what your kids should know in middle and high school. Mm, maybe YouTube. YouTube is probably my favorite. <laughs> but again, that's not a curriculum. That's just a resource that I use. Uh, we use YouTube for just about everything. But I do have a resources list in my profile, though. But I just I don't have like a favorite. It's like whatever is helping and working for my kid at the time. That's my favorite. <laughs> uh, you said literally just screenshot so you could use these sight words. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got these from Michael's. It came. It's a post. It was a two pack poster. So the other one is behind here. Um, but yeah, I got those from Michael's. They were like $1.99, I think. Uh, let's see. Let me make sure I didn't miss someone's question. Right start for math was not for us. Oh, understood. How do I find, choose a curriculum? Oh, good question. Never Google homeschool curriculum. <laughs> That's number one. Um, I would always start with, or I would recommend that you, if you're just looking for resources, do it, break it down by subject. Um, I'm just not a fan of all in one. I think it's just, I, I don't prefer all-in-one curriculums, um, but I would say break it down by subject and whatever grade your kid is in. So if you're looking for resources for kindergarten math, that's what you should Google, like kindergarten math resources, start there. If you put in homeschool, you will be exhausted just going through all the all-in-one curriculums, all the major brands, because they have the Google SEO on lock. I think that's not a good 
option and a lot of times it, it'll it'll skew towards like religious and if you're not interested in religious resources then you again you're going to get frustrated with the search but if you kind of change your language to um you know fifth grade math resources and you can even throw your state in there if you want to i don't find that that's necessary personally then you're more likely to find resources that are used for just everyone um just educational resources in general so delete homeschool from your search <laughs> and you'll probably find better options. Um, you said you're in the beginning, you're grateful for a friend that gifted you extra, her extra materials. You only spent $30 for kindergarten. Uh, yes, definitely. Um, having a, a friend who's got like kids a little bit ahead of you. Great. <laughs> Cause they will just gift you things. Um, okay. Decide on secular, neutral, religious, then learning style, then just watching find walkthroughs. Oh, you were responding to someone, Queen Hippolyta. Okay. Um, hold on a second. Y'all, if I missed you, please type it in the QA. I'm trying to scroll back through, but I can only see like three comments at a time on my, um, on my screen. So I'm scrolling back up. If I did miss your question, please do type it in the QA. How do you make sure, how do you make sure they have learned enough to pass and promote to the next grade? Oh, good question. So um, I'm in Georgia, by the way, I don't, I don't know if I've mentioned that on this live. Um, so for Georgia, we actually have a site called, a website called georgiastandards.org. And on that site, every subject uh, by grade level is broken down and tells you what things your kids should know for that grade. Um, if your state doesn't do this, this website here, this IXL standard, IXL.com forward slash standards has a similar list. And I just kind of go through and use it as a checklist. Like, did we learn this? Did we touch on that? Great. My kids know that. Oh, we didn't cover that. Um, let's let me find a resource online that will help cover that. And then once we've done it, I kind of, you know, again, use it almost like a checklist of what we have, what we need to know uh, for each grade. And then once we've kind of exhausted that list, um, at least, you know, 80, 90% or better, then I'm like, all right, we're ready for the next grade. And I will tell you guys this, you don't have to stick to the August to May schedule, by the way, you can be year round if you want to, you can take 13 months on, you know, covering materials. Like, you know, you don't have to, um, subscribe to that particular, um, calendar if you don't want to. Um, but that's how I do it. I really do just look at the standards every year of what we're supposed to be doing and I find resources that will meet that, um, that will help me meet that need for my kids. So that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. Thank y'all for the follow. Thank y'all for the likes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Tiffany, you said that answers mine. Oh, did I miss you? You said, oh, and getting started just lost where to start. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think there's definitely a delay in when y'all type and when I see it. So I apologize about that. Um, but if I did miss your question or comment earlier, um, again, please do type it in the QA because that makes it a whole lot easier to like go back and see the question um, so that it doesn't get lost in the, the comments. Because I don't know, anyone who's ever been live, you know that you're seeing all the notifications. So like you'll see when someone follows, someone likes, someone shares, and all those comments kind of will drown out someone's question uh, from time to time. He says, switching to year round has honestly been the best decision. It, I agree. And I agree for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, I don't feel rushed to teach a subject. Um, I do feel that it also encourages learning as a lifestyle as opposed to just treating it like a job for, the, for my kids. So like sometimes there's no um, 
like the time between living and learning is almost blurred for us because we are year round. So like just yesterday or no, the day before Tuesday, I was teaching my kids, uh, I was talking to my kids about, the, you know, these lives that I do. And I was explaining to them how I talk about homeschooling, having an invert ha time and money with homeschooling, having like an inverse relationship. And they're just like, what's an inverse relationship? So I go grab a, a whiteboard. It's a little bit, um, it's a little bit erased at this point, but I, I basically made like an impromptu lesson to explain to my kids what is an inverse relationship and what do I mean when I say there's an inverse relationship between time and money. And I just explained to them, like, the more time you spend researching homeschooling, the less money you spend. And they're like, oh, OK. And I just basically said an inverse relationship is when, you know, when one quantity goes up, another quantity goes down, as opposed to a direct relationship where both go up. So just that was just a casual conversation. It wasn't there weren't any worksheets or workbooks about it. We were literally just having a chat. And that's. It's, it's July. So technically, this shouldn't be school time if you were following a public school schedule. But learning is just part of the lifestyle. So I highly encourage that. Um, so yes, I agree. Doing it year round has definitely taken some pressure off. Thank you all for um, using the QA. You said, what is your favorite elementary activity you've done? Ooh, that's a difficult one. Oh, my gosh. OK, so we took a lot of trips. Uh, well, I should, I'm saying took as though I don't still have elementary school kids. We take a lot of trips. So um, we, we went and spent a month in the Caribbean. That was a blast. Um, we have gone to different museums, like science museums, history museums. Um, in Georgia, we have like this museum in the, in, in the Lanago where you can go and pan for gold. Um, so I guess taking trips has been one of my favorites. Um, if you're talking about in the house, um, teaching my kids to sew was fun. Um, baking bread, understanding how yeast works, that was fun. Um, I also like teaching financial literacy to my kids and just, just watching how every other thing we do, like reading, math, history, even some science sometimes, how all that correlates with money. <laughs> <laughs> and helping them understand how to make money work for them instead of the other way around. That's been a, a huge favorite of mine. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a difficult one. I, I, I would probably say the trips though, like going on trips has been my favorite. Okay. Um, let me grab this other question. What does year round mean for you? It literally means like we're in school year round. Um, I do have, hold on, let me show you my schedule. Okay. <laughs> so this is our year round schedule. As you can see, this one is for this upcoming school year. And what we do is we actually are six weeks on and then one week off. So when you see these yellow, yellow means we're off. The black outline is when public school is off. So I know when that's happening too. And we've been, we've been following a schedule like this essentially for the past six years. And I love it because like I said, we're, we're only doing technically school work if you want to like box it in for about six weeks and then we have a week off we might still learn during that week off but it i think it helps so much on burnout for me because it's you know just usually me teaching and right around the time where you're just like man i could use a break a break's coming <laughs> so that's what year round means for us um, we follow a six week on one week off schedule including in the summer um except with I don't know if you guys can see this clearly here, but in June, it's actually four weeks off, then we're off for the 4th of July week, then another two weeks, and then off that final week. So like this week, we're off, but it's still six weeks. 
So, <laughs> um, and, and those, I use those six weeks as our terms. And then we'll take two weeks off for Christmas and about two weeks for Memorial Day. So that's what year round means for us. Thank you for that question. What do you recommend for first timers kindergarten? Um, ooh, dry erase. Uh, hold on, let me let me grab some of these for you so you can see. And I do have them linked in my Amazon storefront too. So if you want to check that out, I do not recommend workbooks for kindergarten because if your kids are like my kids, they would prefer to be up and active. And if you get them a workbook, they're probably just going to scribble through it. You know, they just have those scribble days. But that's why I love books like these because it's a it's dry erase, wipe clean, and it. You know, they'll practice their letters, their numbers, you know, even some sight words in here, some rhyming words. I like these so much better. Here's a bit of math in the back with patterns. Um, you can also get ones that are specific for math or handwriting or like this one's all about spelling. So any type of wipe clean workbooks, I recommend. I wasted so much money from like kindergarten through second grade on workbooks just because my kid was not feeling it. Um, also, hold on, let me get this one. These little things, if you want to be able to print worksheets and make them into wipe clean. So this, I just went online. Uh, this worksheet came from education.com, but you can get them from anywhere. So just, you know, you print it off, get your worksheet. This is another sight word worksheet that I did the same thing to. Drop them in these little dry erase pouches and let your kid have at it with a dry erase marker. Let them choose their color. I have this little caddy that has a bunch of different colors. So it's not just pencil and paper for a kindergartner, which I think they hate, honestly. I've had three kids go through kindergarten and I truly believe it is a headache and a half to try to get a kindergartner to work in a paper workbook. I just wouldn't do it. Now, if you just want them to try it like on a worksheet, fine. But I personally just say avoid paper like the plague unless it's for art. <laughs> um, the dry erase has been so much better, truly. So that's what I would recommend. Or if you have a laminator too, you can laminate things. I, ha I happen to use all three. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying this episode of Homeschool Help Desk Live. If you'd like to participate in a live show, you can follow me on TikTok at Cousin Tam and join the live every Monday through Thursday from 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And now back to the show. So if you ever miss any of these lives, they're on YouTube and on the podcast. Okay. So uh, for me, this, the hardest subject for me to overcome is history. So one thing I've been doing is teaching myself history. Um, I use this word search, um, which I did link in my Amazon storefront. And it, what it does is, you know, you find the words and then you read this little blurb that's about history. Um, another thing that I do is I just invest in history resource books. So like we have the handy history answer book. We have world history and American history um, workbooks up there from the Big Fat Notebook series. I also have just atlases that talk about history and, um, you know, books that are all about Black history and Native American history. And basically, wherever I'm weak, I'll buy a resource that helps. <laughs> and I will wait until, like, you know, my library is having a book sale in order to... Um, you know, get them for like 25 cents because I don't like paying full price for things. <laughs> but yeah, if you feel weak in something, you can also um, hire a tutor if you wanted to, like um, resources like OutSchool. What, I'm sorry, I'm looking at my kids. They're, my son is getting a piggyback ride for my daughter. <laughs> um, you can invest in 
um, tutoring, like, because there's so many teachers, public school teachers, who are leaving their jobs to go and um, create classes on platforms like OutSchool, and they will teach your kid that subject. So that can also be something that you budget for if you wanted to do it that way, if you really feel like, I don't want to go the, you know, book route or resources route. So, um, yeah, those are some ways that I would overcome. I'm, and then also just utilizing museums, um, utilizing YouTube. There's so many content creators on YouTube right now who have a passion for the subject that you might find difficult and you can let them <laughs> be the substitute teacher that day. I don't know how many times I had to listen. We had Ken Burn documentaries in school because, you know, that was our nature guy listening to him do those PBS uh, narrate those PBS documentaries. So yeah, that's what I would do. That's what I would recommend. Your six-year-old doesn't care to learn. How can you get him to, I'm assuming you were going to finish that by saying, how can you get him to learn? Okay, great question. So for me, what I did when my kids were resistant is number one, I would just see like, do we need, do we need a rest day? Do we need a break? Um, is what I'm asking him to do, or my my daughters, is what I'm asking them to do boring? You know, am I asking them to stop playing and come do a worksheet? Nobody wants to do that. Even, even you know, us as adults, if you're having a great time watching a show, a movie, or out with your friends, the last thing you want to do is have someone call you and say, hey, I need you to jump on Zoom for a meeting. Nobody wants to do that. <laughs> or we need you to come in for a meeting, even worse. <laughs> so, um, you know, I would, I would take a look at what is the curriculum? You know, what is the activity that you're trying to get them to do? It, you might have to reevaluate it and just change up how you're presenting, whatever the information is, because, you know, you can teach spelling using little tiles like these. It doesn't have to be on a worksheet. You can encourage it, make it into a game. In fact, that's what I did with my younger two was we did a lot more games. My oldest is fine with doing a worksheet and a workbook and just, you know, cramming it out and getting it done. She's, she's a reader like me. So paper and pencil and writing in a journal is actually comforting for us. We like that sort of thing. But my younger two kids are like, this is torture. We hate this. <laughs> so having to figure out, again, your kids learning style, what they gravitate towards, and then adapting the knowledge around that. Like you can teach math without a math book to a six-year-old get some matchbox cards that's what my son loves and teach addition subtraction multiplication division using manipulatives as opposed to a workbook and the concept still gets taught so um if they're really really resistant they also might be just too young six is still very young especially if you just went from five to six you know like there's a difference between going from five to six and then six to seven it might just be this is just not the time of year for your son like it's bright outside it's sunny they want to play rather than sit and do work. Um, I know we definitely get a lot more done in the uh, winter uh, and spring than we do in the summer and fall because those are just beautiful seasons here in Georgia and the kids wanna be out. They wanna play with their friends. They wanna go to fall festivals and you know spend time outside. So you might have to just reconsider the schedule. You might have to reconsider the curriculum. And then also sometimes just explaining why it matters is important too. Like, why should your six-year-old care about this or that subject? And finding a way that makes sense for them using their love language, using what they enjoy to make it make sense for them. So those are some ways that I would do that. Hopefully that is helpful. 
advice for homeschooling your four-year-old who may be autistic? Well, first of all, if you're if you're thinking they might be, I would definitely say, you know, try to, I don't know the earliest you can test for autism, but 100% keep your doctor in the loop. Because if you're thinking that they may be autistic, you want to, um, you know, get it confirmed and then, you know, try to incorporate any um, therapies that might be needed to assist you. You you definitely don't want to just gloss over that. Like they might be, but I'm still just going to, you know, do my own thing and work, work with them the way that I want to. Um, I would also recommend that you check out the Rolodex in my profile because there are families on that list who are homeschooling their children with autism, who you can reach out to and ask questions of like, you know, maybe, because again, autism has so many different forms. I feel like there's there's not just one blanket, you know, piece of advice that I could give other than take it seriously. And, you know, you're going to want to continue to observe your child's learning style because all kids can learn. Just we they all we all learn in a different way. So you're going to want to just find the thing that your child does gravitate towards um, and then see if you can mold their learning around that. His evaluation isn't until November. Oh, okay. Well then see at this point I would say you don't have to rush it. He's four. Um, so just again, continue to observe, continue to take notes so that when you go to the evaluation, you have like, you know, your your ducks in a row in terms of like what you've observed um, with him. Um, but you don't have to feel like you've got to start homeschooling at the age of four. Some kids are just plain old not ready at four. Um, you can definitely still incorporate simple things like color, shapes, numbers, letters, but I don't want you to feel like you've got to have like a scheduled day for your four-year-old. You, you don't. That's, I feel like sometimes these ages and grades are a bit arbitrary because it's like saying as an adult, if you're not a married homeowner, business owner by the age of 27, you don't get an A in life. Like that's not a real thing. So if your four-year-old is, is not quite, you know, taking to schoolwork yet, don't worry about it. It's okay. Um, but again, continue to introduce things. You can always introduce things and maybe they're just not ready for it. Um, you know, I had, I went through a phase with my kids when my oldest was four, all she wanted was macaroni and cheese every single day. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to have the worst palate when she's an adult, but that's not true. She just went through a phase of all she wanted was macaroni and cheese. And now she's 12, much more diverse taste. So it's okay that your kid might just not be ready for something at four or at five or at six, even seven, eight, nine. Um, that doesn't mean that's how they're going to be forever, but just continue to observe, continue to encourage, continue to introduce different things. And, um, but definitely if you're suspecting autism, which it sounds like you've already handled that part, you know, with the evaluation uh, coming up in November, from now to November, just enjoy the beautiful weather. If you're, you know, if you live in a nice place, get outside, you know, observe bugs, and you don't feel like you have to start school at a certain time because you do not. Um, there's no states that I'm aware of that require you to submit any paperwork for a four-year-old if you're going to homeschool. So you're you're good. Just enjoy your enjoy your four-year-old. <laughs> you don't have to, um, you know, force anything at this age. But just encourage and introduce different things. You said your eight-year-old does not want to read or learn his sight words. What should you do? Hmm. Ask them why. Ask them why not. Um, I feel like eight is old enough to communicate, you know, begin to communicate their feelings about what is their resistance? What is their hesitation? They may just say, it's boring. I don't like it. Okay. Try introducing different games um, that 
sneak it in. I cannot tell you how many times I have snuck in learning playing games like upwards, playing games like gestures and charades. Charades is a great way to sneak in a sight word because it incorporates movement. It incorporates, you know, them having to think how they're going to translate the message to you. And also they have to read the card. You can even make up the cards um, for, for the sight words. Like you don't have to stick with lists like this. You can incorporate words that they like that are centered around their interests. So like for, I'll use my son, for example, for car. Um, my son is interested in cars, all vehicles of all kinds. So I would make a sight word, sight word list that incorporates things that you would see on a car or things that if you wanted to do um, Pictionary too is another great game to incorporate sight words. So having them draw it out rather than sit there and, and read it and do rote memorization, which for a lot of kids is super duper boring. <laughs> um, so I would just ask like, you know, I've noticed that you're not really interested in reading and you know, we, when we do the sight word activities, you, you're not you're not interested, you're not liking it. You know, what, what about it do you not like? Or is there something you'd rather do? You might have a kid who prefers math and, you know, forcing a kid who would prefer math or science to sit down and do reading is a form of torture and so, <laughs> to them. So, you know, just sometimes as homeschoolers, we really have to get creative with, um, with our approach and how we do things. So that's what I would encourage. And, um, and don't look at it as they're behind or it's a fail or whatever. It's like, no, your eight-year-old is just not interested right now. Doesn't mean they won't be interested at nine. Doesn't mean they won't be interested in ten, at 10. I'm sure any of us who've been a parent longer than, I'm going to say, six days, <laughs> you notice that your kid changes, their interest changes. And, um, you know, you might buy a curriculum in, you know, at one point that four months later is like not not the thing, which is why I really like to invest in manipulatives that can be adapted in different ways. So yeah, kids at this age are growing and changing so quickly. I mean, what they're obsessed with one minute, they are rejecting the next. So just um, and, and include them in the conversation. Again, I think eight years old is, is old enough to be included in the conversation of what they would like to do. Good morning. Hey, Chris. Uh, you said music also helps mine. Yes, so true, so true. Like, I, I, again, I think it goes back to just finding your kids' interests, what what they gravitate towards, what, and testing different things out. Because remember, you guys, we're not public school. We don't have to, excuse me, we don't have to find one thing and stick with it. We can adapt, we can change, we can observe like, okay, my kid is leaning more towards art now. Let me try to make sure that I'm, giving them plenty of opportunities for art, plenty of opportunities to express themselves in creative ways, because giving them something that's like this, like linear math, you know, minute math is probably not what they want to spend their time doing. You know, looking at this page, which I think this page was geared towards third or fourth grade, looking at this is quite daunting. There's like 40 questions here <laughs> where they're like, ah, I don't want to sit and do that, but make it into a game. To, and say, you know, oh, no, 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 you don't have to do all 40 of these. Let's just see how many you can do in 15 seconds and set a timer. So it makes it fun. It's not sit and do this whole worksheet. Same thing with this. Like this is um, a worksheet that I presented to my son where I was just like, hey, let's see how many you know. And some days it would be four or five and then he'd be ready to go into a different thing. Other days he'd sit and do the whole worksheet and, you know, we were still getting the practice in. Um, another thing teaching plant and animal cells, but in a crossword. And behind this, whoops, behind this page, I have like the actual image. So 
you know, they would sit and do the crossword on one and have the image of the animal and plant cells on another. Meanwhile, we're watching um, a quick YouTube video that explains, you know, plant cells and all that kind of stuff. Just finding different ways to engage your kids is like, I'm going to say 60% of the job as a homeschooler is just observing them and finding different ways to keep them engaged. The other maybe 10 15% could be just going out and having a good time and whatever the remainder of that is. <laughs> what did I say? 60% and 15%. So then like the other 15% would be, or excuse me, the other 25% would be researching <laughs> just to find other things that could help and potentially save your family money. So yeah, I hope that was helpful. I know I kind of, sometimes I ramble. Yeah. <laughs> so I apologize. Yes, that's right. You can use Legos, toy cars, blocks, etc. to teach topics. Exactly. Thank you for being here, Mama Cool. Good to see you again. Okay, I'm just scrolling back up to see if anyone made a comment that wasn't in the QA. Uh, if I did miss you, please do add it to the QA, though. Like I said, that makes it a lot easier to see the question. You said the school was going to fail your son last year in kindergarten because he didn't sit still. That's why you started homeschool. Ugh. That was such a big fear of mine too, because I have very expressive kids, my, my younger two especially, like my older probably would be fine. Um, but again, nobody wants to just sit that long, especially at that young of an age. And so another way I taught my son sight words was to get a pack of sight word flashcards, put them in a circle on the floor and encourage him to go jump on the word. That's not something that every teacher is going to have the patience to do. So yeah, I, I hate that they would be considered a, a failure, they would be told, you'd be told your kid failed kindergarten because they wouldn't do what is unnatural to them, which is to sit still. So I don't, I don't know. I, I don't like that. Oh, where to go for all, <clears throat> where to go for all learning material that doesn't cost a fortune. Ah, this is my specialty. Okay. Um, let me, let me get my thoughts in order first. All right. Number one, what, what age are we talking first before I just start telling you a bunch of things that you don't need to know? <laughs> what age range are we talking about? Because um, I really want to answer you specifically. I don't want to give you just generalizations. So if you wouldn't mind just giving me like because middle school resources, I think are different from like preschool kindergarten and fifth grade. Okay. So for kindergarten resources, um, that don't cost a fortune, um, these little workbooks that I just, that I held up earlier, they're like less than $10 at almost every location, Amazon target, um, Costco, I think even sells some things like that. Sam's club, um, thrift stores are also great, especially after, um, when kid, when the teachers, like May, June timeframe, when the teachers are clearing out their classrooms, I know that doesn't help for this exact moment, but going to the thrift store in May and June, you're going to find so many barely used things because the teachers are just like, I'm not carrying all this home. I'm dropping it off at a thrift store or a Goodwill or a Salvation Army, whatever. And you will find so many un unused or barely used things. Um, also, if you're like, if you have readers, if you, if you guys are readers or you like books, going to a uh, library book sales, because most often those books are like 25 cents, maybe even cheaper. Um, also 
um, making friends or getting into a homeschool group where the people are older than you and they are willing to gift or thrift things at a, at a lower price. Um, that's also a good resource. Also, um, including family in your homeschool curriculum. If you have family members or friends who like to gift your kids things, you can say like I would, one thing I did um, that I would highly recommend to any of you guys who's um, you have parents or grandparents for your kids who, you know, they want to get them something, but they don't know what to get them. Um, I encourage my parents to gift my kids little passports. Um, the science expedition, as well as the around the world series. And now we're doing the United States one because number one, it's a gift that keeps on giving. They get one every single month, but then also the grandparent feels like they're part of the experience of homeschooling your kids because they are learning something from a gift that your grandparents got them. We also have, my kids have aunts and uncles who will buy them science sets and microscopes, you know, for their birthdays throughout the year. And it, those things just kind of add up over time that you can continue to use and utilize. Um, so, you know, encouraging friends and family members to gift educational things or experiences rather than just another toy or Lego set that I'm going to step on. <laughs> um, let's see, what else? Um, making sure that you have your teacher discounts for um, places like Michael's, Barnes and Noble, Office Max, Office Depot, even Target right now is doing teacher discounts, although it's kind of whack that they only let you use it once. Um, what else? Lots of freebies available online, utilizing um, free apps, um, using YouTube. I'm actually going to a homeschool conference tomorrow where there'll be some freebies given out. Utilizing free trials too, y'all. I have no shame about using a free trial of, of a product that um, like they'll give you a month free trial. We will just use it for a month and be like, okay, thank you for the experience. We're on to something else now. <laughs> um, Khan Academy would be uh, great for your fifth grader. Um, your kindergarten kindergartner could use Khan Academy Kids, which has more games. Uh, ABC Yaw is another good resource that both of your kids could use. Um, do, 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 do. You could do the free version or the paid version. Just depends on which you prefer for your budget. Um, so yeah, lots of different ways that you can go about not breaking the bank. I honestly, y'all, my budget for our homeschool is about $120 per kid per year. And I've been able to stick with that up to this point. Might not be able to stick to that for high school, but we're not there yet. So, and also patience, being patient and not feeling like you have to get things all at once, like waiting for things to go on sale. Um, putting things in your Amazon cart, but just, you know, or your uh, wish list and just letting them go down in price. Uh, buying things in the off season too. Like right now things, some things are very inexpensive, but they'll be even cheaper in September. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, lots of different ways. <laughs> Hopefully that wasn't like too, too much um, all at once. Okay. Let me grab this question. Oh, how do you get a teacher discount? So um, in the resources list, I did link to a website that talks all about um, home, uh, home, getting a homeschool teacher ID and discounts. It's like the third one down from the top. But basically for me, what I use is the, uh, in Georgia, we have what's called a declaration of intent letter that we have to fill out every year. And that's my proof that we homeschool. And that is what the stores accept, uh, some, some stores, not all. Um, that's what they accept as my proof that I'm a teacher and I'm eligible for the teacher discount. And usually what you also have to do is, uh, sign up for a profile through that store. 
Um, so like Target, you on your Target profile, you would get verified as a teacher. And what's cool about Target, even though they only let you use the discount once, is they use a program, a, a website uh, called Sheer ID to register your for your discount. Um, and once you are verified through Sheer ID, other stores and retailers also use Sheer ID to verify you as a teacher. And so you would just sign up for whatever their loyalty program is. If they're using the same company, you're basically automatically verified through that as well. So that's how I do it. I know in some states that don't have paperwork, um, there there was a lady agent is one of the people who was in this um, live uh, a little while ago, like a couple of days ago. She's in Texas. And in Texas, they have she had to actually like contact the customer support for Sheer ID and Target, I guess, to to confirm that she's a homeschooler. So um, in states where you don't have paperwork, I'm not 100 percent sure. If, the, if just getting a teacher ID, like purchasing a teacher ID online would be sufficient, it should be because they should know if they're operating in that state that there's no paperwork that you have to sign. But um, I would definitely just like if you're in a state like mine where you have that form, that's what I use. Oh, yeah, you said so in Texas, it's way different. So, you know, the laws for Texas. What? what um. Are you saying make sure you know the laws for Texas or are you asking if I know the laws for Texas? Because sort of yes is the answer. I know Texas has no rules other than like you do have to teach, I think, good citizenship. So make sure your kid knows to remember the Alamo. Now, I'm teasing a little bit because I, I briefly went to school in Texas. Uh, oh, you were asking if I knew. So, yeah. So in Texas, you unless your kid. there's OK, so let me back up a bit. If your child is young, like preschool, you don't have anyone to notify that you are homeschooling. It's basically homeschooling is the default for Texas. There's nothing that you have to do to enroll your kid in homeschooling. There's nothing that you have to present every year to homeschool in Texas. If your child has already been to school in Texas, then you would need to follow the withdrawal procedure for your child, um, whatever that is going to be for your district. Oh, your kids are five and one. Okay. So yeah, so there's no paperwork for you. <laughs> you wouldn't have to submit anything. There's no testing requirements either. There is a list of subjects that you have to teach that um, like math, reading, writing, science, and good citizenship, I want to say is the last one. Don't quote me on that. Double check that. But as far as paperwork, you don't have to submit anything. Like homeschool is the default for Texas is how I like to explain that. So you're good. Um, if you wanted to check out the teacher education agency, I think is TEA website for Texas, just so you can get an idea and get inspired of what you might want to do when your kid is older, you certainly can um, because it is Texas specific. I want to say it's T Texas. Hold on. Let me go to my resources. So I'm quoting it correctly. Texas. Yes, Texas Education Agency is the name of the website that teachers use in Texas. Um, so if you just wanted to use that as like a guide as your kids are getting older, you certainly can. Um, but as far as like like paperwork, you have nothing to submit there. Okay, you got the website and you'll be using Time for Learning. Yeah, a lot of people like Time for Learning, including one of my very good friends. She's used it all the way through high school for her kids who are now out of school and or actually she has one more currently in high school. Um, but yeah, time for learning I've heard very good things about. Um, 
okay, so you guys are chatting to each other on that one. Hey, Woodland Mama, good to see you. Good morning. Ellie Moo Motherhood, good morning, good morning. All right, you're welcome. I just want to make sure I'm not missing anyone's, oh, sorry, make sure I'm not missing anyone's question. What do you need to show them you are a teacher? Uh, I just use my declaration of intent letter. I don't have a teacher ID. I had one years ago when I was a member with HSLDA, but I'm no longer a member. Didn't really find it necessary at the time. I don't know. I'm just not, I'm not a member. And so I don't, they, but they would mail you one if you were a member, they would mail you a teacher ID. But since I'm not in that anymore, I don't have that teacher ID. So I just use my declaration of intent letter. I saw someone say Melissa and Doug. Yeah, we have some Melissa and Doug resources too. Yeah, I like Melissa and Doug. Dollar Tree, true, yes. I missed yours. Okay, let me go back up. Hold on. If I did miss it, would you mind going and saying it in the comment? I mean, sorry, the QA? That makes it a lot easier to go back and see. But I'm trying to scroll. Justice. Hold on. Where did it go? I'm trying to look. Yeah, this side, the QA is makes it a lot easier. The comment section is not easy to navigate from my phone. And I don't, I end up missing things. Justice, where was your comment? I'm not seeing it. I see where you said you have those slip sheets. Yay. I see that one. Was it before that? How many hours of a school day is that with six weeks on one week off? For us, it's four and a half hours. Two hours in the morning, two and a half hours in the afternoon with a nice long lunch break. Oh, it is in the QA. Okay, let me go check it now. No, I didn't answer this. How do you overcome a subject that's hard for you? I did. I talked about um, history being hard for me. Was that the question? Yeah, we talked about that. What, and then this one, what do you recommend for first timers for kindergarten? Yeah, we, we talked about that. Was there another one? Because I did, I did talk about those questions. Let me make sure. I mean, I'm going back. Hold on. This is not your question, but it says, what age should you start preschool? I started um, around the age of four for my kids, four to five. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. How much time for pre-K and kindergarten day do you recommend? Probably no more than 20 minutes at a time, but you might have different like 20 minute blocks throughout the day. It's also gonna depend on your kid's motivation though but I wouldn't push probably for any activity to last longer than 20 minutes. I think that's kind of pushing it uh, for their attention span. But again, you can have like multiple 20 minute sections a day. It's just, I wouldn't, I would not push super duper hard. Rules for Florida, if you know. Oh, this website up here, this hslda.org forward slash legal is a good place to start just for like an overview. Um, I would encourage you to go directly to the Florida Department of Education because in Florida, you have three options for homeschooling. The one that I'm aware of that's most popular is where you would um, submit your notice to intent or your notice of intent to homeschool, but then you also have an, uh, an evaluator who's... Um, 
who's a licensed teacher in Florida come in to do your yearly evaluation. And then I also believe Florida has assessments every year. But also um, for you specifically, um, if you want to reach out to some of the Florida homeschoolers on my Rolodex list, you definitely can. Um, there's several on there who also don't mind answering questions about like things specific to Florida. I always think it's good to like try to connect with people in your state so that you're getting like the real deal rundown from people who are currently um, living it and doing what you're doing. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Homeschool Help Desk Live. If you'd like to participate in a live show, you can follow me on TikTok at Cousin Tam and join the live every Monday through Thursday from 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And now back to the show. All right. What do you use to keep yourself organized? Ooh, spreadsheets. <laughs> I personally am a spreadsheet person. So this is like our daily schedule and, you know, the subjects are on there of what we use. Uh, when I was working from home, my work schedule would also be on here. Um, and then I would just print it, laminate it and post it. So everyone in the house also knows what we were supposed to be doing. I also use digital like files online to like, not online, file folders on my computer to keep things organized. Um, I would love to be a planner, a, a paper planner person. And I, I buy one almost every year. Just doesn't work out. <laughs> so uh, definitely spreadsheets. I also use um, spreadsheets to create our progress reports, um, which I have available in my Etsy shop if you're just interested in a template that I use. And then I also have already created our high school transcript template that we will be using as well. And I've got it set up to calculate the GPA. Because um, for those of you who are new to me, I was also an admissions counselor in my youth. <laughs> so I am very, very familiar with the college admissions process and what's required, especially for my state, because I worked at two universities here in Georgia. And um, I use spreadsheets to keep track of most of the things that we are using. Although I do have um, bins of paper <laughs> and samples of their work uh, through that as well. But I don't like that method. I, it's starting to get out of hand. But I keep everything for the, I've kept everything just about for the last nine years. And we're only supposed to keep things for three years. So, womp womp. <laughs> um, you said, on your list, do you have someone from Arizona? I do. Uh, but always open to more people. The only requirement to be on the list is to want to answer and help people with homeschool questions. That's it. And you just send me a message letting me know you want to. But yes, there is someone on the list from Arizona. I don't have every state, though. Still several states are not represented. Um, but I do have Arizona. One person so far. You're welcome, Tiffany. You said you don't know what's going on yet. It was a new one. Oh, well then let me go back because I'm not seeing it, what's happening? Why is it not letting your question come through? Because I saw, how do you overcome? We got that one. I don't know why it's not letting you type. Do you want to just type it in the QA? I don't know, like I know TikTok will sometimes edit a question before it comes to me if there's like words that TikTok doesn't like or numbers. I don't know why it's not letting your question come through. I would love to answer it. 
what is happening to your question? <laughs> Maybe try it, try to break it into two comments. I will look for it. I would love to answer your question. <laughs> I don't know why it's not allowing it to come through. You said TA suggests two hours a day total, but you were like, that sounds like a lot at once, but not enough a day. Yeah, so I agree with you on that one. Um, I think I look at the laws recommend like the 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 time thing as a recommendation because we all know any one of us who went to public school we all know that days are going to be different. You're not always going to hit um, four hour four and a half hours per day. This for me even is a guide. It's a guide. It is not. We're not hard fast held to that. So um, definitely take that portion of the law as a recommendation but don't feel like if you didn't meet the two hour mark or whatever that you have somehow failed and that there's going to be some deputy sheriff that comes to knock on your door and tell you you better be doing two hours a day like i promise you there's no one coming with a stopwatch to um to clock you it's not going to happen use it as a guide and and nothing more don't let that be something that gives you um gives you a complex. Like it's, it's totally fine if you don't do exactly that amount per day. Okay. You just retyped it. Okay. Let me go look. Oh, good. I'm glad it's been helpful. Yeah. I don't want your anxiety to, I mean, it's, it's a nerve wracking thing when you do anything new. Okay. Oh, oh, I see socialization tips. All right, cool. So for me, again, depends on the kid. I, I don't have a blanket approached for my kids socialization i have my oldest is much more introverted like me she has an activity that we do once a week with kids her age it's hosted by our local library that's her socialization she really doesn't want more she prefers to hang out with people one-on-one -on -one or maybe one-on-two -on -two at the most and that's just her style and i would highly encourage you to definitely learn your kids style you we all, I think, at least for me at the beginning, I'm thinking, oh, I'm worried about socialization. I want them to have friends. That's the, that's the goal. But you want to do it in a way that is uh, around your kids' needs. Because I know for me, I get nervous in a group of 10. I'm like, okay, there's a lot of people in here. <laughs> I prefer to be one-on-one -on -one or, you know, three at the most. Like when I get it, even when I get invited to dinners, I'm like talking the least because I'm just, I'm listening and I'm observing. That's just me as a person. It's not a trauma response. It's just, I'm an introverted person. I prefer smaller groups. So, you know, I would pay attention to your kid's um, preferences. Now, if you have a more social kid who does want to be around other people more, like my second daughter, she's in Girl Scouts. She prefers the bigger groups. She prefers the, the going out and the outings. And so finding the activity that your kid is more likely to thrive in is what I would say focus on. You might have a kid that, like my son, has is going to be doing martial arts his thing is being active like any activity socializing that would require him to sit still and listen and like do this the whole time he is not going to love it um, but also keep in mind anytime you go out of your house or even when you invite people over to your house your kid is socializing with even with you it's socializing learning how to speak and be respectful to you it's a form of socializing so i wouldn't as long as you're not, you know, isolating yourself, isolating your, your children, they are going to socialize. And every experience can be an opportunity to learn how to socialize, even experiences that are negative where they, you know, they might go to the park and a kid doesn't want to play with them or doesn't want to share with them. 
that's a, that's a form of socializing that they're going to have to learn how to adapt to that situation. So just living your life, going out, doing whatever you normally do, inviting people over, ha- letting them make friends in the neighborhood. If you choose to enroll them in an activity, that's all socializing, all of it. So I wouldn't want you to feel like uh, you have to do something extra and above and beyond what you're already doing, unless again, it's, it's what would be best for your kid. So I hope that that helps. I'm, I tend to not just, because I feel like I threw so much at them at the beginning, I'm definitely more reserved now in the socialization category. Like I try to give my kids a healthy balance of alone time and friend time and family time, you know, and just, and just know that it's going to change over time. But I do think you can socialize too much. I really do because then your kid doesn't know how to be alone. Um, And I also think that your kid shouldn't be alone 100% of the time either. So you have to try to find that healthy balance. You said, yep, if homeschool becomes a culture in your home, you're teaching away from the desk also. So true. Playgroups, co-ops, church, library, clubs. Yep, all of that too. He's five going on six. He's gotten over, he's gotten shy over the last year. Yeah, oh, I agree with you, Ellie. Shy is not a bad thing. Uh, yeah, it just might mean he's just not comfortable in a big group setting and not everyone is going to be. So I really wouldn't force it. I wouldn't force it because that could trigger even more anxiety by trying to force your kid to be around a bunch of other kids if they're just, he, if he's just not feeling it. And at five and six, I would just straight up ask him, you know, what would you like to do today? Do you want to go out? Do you want to, you know, we in in our area, where where do you, you said you're in Texas. Oh, I wonder there, I don't know what part of Texas you're in, but immediately when you said that it reminded me of the Duseum, which is in San Antonio, like you could just take your son, you and him just go out and do things. This might be a time in his life. Oh, you're in San Antonio. Ah, (laughs) okay. I have visited there. Um, So yeah, the Duseum is a place that I think is really awesome in San Antonio. You guys, this could just be a time in his life where he's just, he just prefers to be around you. And then when he's eight, nine, that might change. So I wouldn't look at him being reserved right now as a negative. It just might be, and then I think you just said you just moved there too. Yeah. So this could be a time where he's just adapting to Texas. I don't even know, like wherever you move from. He could just, and I, I was a kid that moved around a lot. And for me, I didn't, I didn't just burst onto the scene in the, in the places that we moved to. It took me a minute to warm up because we were a military family and I would just, I wouldn't push it. I really, really wouldn't. I would just, you know, ask him, what would you like to do today? Do you want to go out? Would you prefer to go to the library and just allow it to happen naturally? Cause I feel like you force it that's going to trigger some, you know, maybe some anxiety or, or, or if he's like me, he just might put on a mask just to fake it and not really be himself because he's in that situation where he's like, okay, I'm around a bunch of kids. I got to put this smile on and I got to play sports because all the other kids are playing sports. Like I hate sports. I don't like sports, but I played sports. I ran track, basketball, gymnastics, all this stuff because that's what people my age were supposed to do. And that's what my parents put me in because I was the only child. They felt like I probably needed all of that. I would have much preferred if they would have just taken me to the library once a week. That was what I loved doing. I, I remember even being in the newspaper as a kid for reading the most books in my school for the Accelerated Reader Program. Like I love to read, but I think my parents saw that as a 
oh, she's not social. Let's put her in a bunch of stuff. And I did it. I was in it. But, oh, my God, I hated it. <laughs> so I would I would just not push it personally. That's just me. I, I, your son might be different, but it's just bringing up some memories in my life. Like, oh, I would have loved to just stay in my room. I love being in my room. That is my jam. Making my room cozy and just being in it with a book. Because that's where I go. In my book, I, it, when I read, this is a little bit of a tangent, y'all, so bear with me. When I read, I don't feel alone. I don't feel isolated i am in i'm in whatever that world is i'm fully immersed that's my jam uh same thing with movies like i i prefer watching old movies with snacks that is me at my epitome of happy when i have to go somewhere i have to hype myself up i have to like feel like i gotta you know plaster this smile on my face so people don't think i'm anti-social like going to this conference tomorrow y'all i'm a little anxious i'm like what do i wear <laughs> what do i say <laughs> Do I let people come to me or do I go to them? Like, I'm I'm a little bit freaked out. I am happy that Ellie Lou is going to be there, though. So I'll be, like, having someone to look forward to seeing. But I'm just like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so that could be your son. And I think forcing a social, social activity is, is not a good idea. So that's just me, though. And he, again, once you guys have been there for a while, he could completely come out of his shell and have just the best time and you'll be like who is this kid who's just out here making friends now it just might take him a minute to warm up so that's my thought <laughs> okay you said yeah you might be pushing too much he's been mentioning he's bored so then i would just you know let him lead let him lead for a bit um if you if you want to just just say hey you know i'm totally open whatever you want to do today we will do that thing and just encourage him to come up with his ideas and his idea of, you know, might be teaching you how to play Roblox and y'all just have a blast doing that. Uh, Cause that's one thing my son likes to do is to, he loves to teach me Minecraft. I think he thinks it's hilarious that I don't know all the characters and creatures. So he loves to teach me Minecraft and that is like the highlight of his day. I just sit back and let him, but yeah, I wouldn't push it. I wouldn't rush it. And again, you guys just moved to a new place. So he just might not be ready to get out there. Cause I know that was, that was totally me. Um, and it's so funny that you said you are in um, San Antonio, too, because I'm just like, of all the cities in Texas, Texas is huge. The fact that you just happen to live in a place that I'm familiar with is like, yeah. So, but also, like like, like I said, he, he'll probably open up after y'all have been there for a minute. But moving moving is, I know I retreated into myself a lot when we when we would move around a bit. And we moved to four or five states before we settled in Georgia. And when we got here, I hated it. I was like, I refuse to make friends because I didn't even want to move to this state. <laughs> so I was like indignant about being here. But eventually you make friends, you open up and life gets better. Oh, <laughs> reading, but in a treat. Yes, right. I think people really discount reading. Like reading does not get the... Um, the praise it deserves. The fact that I think people look at people who are reading anything, oh, wow, they're just sitting on the couch doing nothing. Like, no, I'm in Narnia. <laughs> I don't know where you are, but I am not here right now. I am on the prairie with Laura Ingalls Wilder. I am in London with Sherlock. I am not here. I'm not just sitting here. I am gone. <laughs> like, <laughs> I am not on this couch right now. I am in the Caribbean with, you know, with my, with my, characters i am not here i'm good <laughs> oh my gosh 
you said, sorry, can you be pointed in the right direction to get your kids set up for homeschool? Yeah. So, hey, um, Black Blackwood M Designs, um, I did make a series about this, how to get started. It's on my profile. It's like nine videos where I just talk you through like how to get started, where to go. Um, do you want to share your state? And maybe we have someone in here who's from your state who can be more specific. But basically, oops, basically you want to start with your state laws and go from there. Where are you located, if you don't mind sharing? If you don't want to share, that's cool. Um, but that's where I would start, just so you know the rules, because you might be in a state that doesn't have a lot of rules. Oh, Alabama. Okay, so you're in a state where you call it private school. They call homeschool private school in Alabama. And I believe there is one form that you have to submit, but um, you're going to, you can start at this website, this hslda.org forward slash legal to get like an overview. And then you can just go directly to this, to Alabama's Department of Education website for the form and where you have to send it. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think Alabama does testing, but let me double check that because y'all are just, y'all are our neighbors. So we're pretty similar, but I think Alabama doesn't do testing. Yeah, Alabama does not do testing, but you do still have to notify every year. And like I said, Alabama, instead of calling it homeschool, they call it private school because you're a, a private school in your home. Um, but it's pretty simple there. It's not super, like lot, not a lot of restrictions. There's no assessments. Um, but again, you do have to notify annually. So um, just go to the Alabama Department of Education website to get that get the format of that and where to send it. And of course, if you have any questions, please do ask them. Like if you're wondering about, um, like once, you, once you've got that part down, what you would do next, because that's what these lives are all about. But yeah, Alabama is pretty, pretty simple, kind of like us, except you guys don't have the testing requirements that we have <clears throat> here in Georgia. All right, see, you have a good time at the zoo. You said you're on Black Beauty riding on a running horse, right? <laughs> like I said, I just don't think that um, reading gets the, gets the credit it deserves. You said you're in Georgia too and ready to leave. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was not feeling Georgia when we first moved here, full stop. I'm fine with it now, but. Yay, ask that I'm totally serious. Like that's what we do these. That's why I do these lives every uh, Monday through Thursday from 830 to 10am for this exact reason. Because when I was first starting out, just so y'all know a little bit about me, I felt like a total outcast in the homeschool community because it felt like everybody was super duper religious, you know, head coverings, long dresses, which nothing's wrong with that. But that just wasn't me. And you know, everyone felt called to homeschooling. Everyone was a stay at home mom. I was a working mom. And I just really didn't feel like I fit in, but I still had a lot of questions. And ultimately what I ended up doing was just spending hours researching everything I could possibly get my hands on about homeschooling. But I would have so loved to have this, you know, something live where you can ask questions. Because even when you see people's homeschool videos on YouTube or online, you know, you, you leave a comment, you leave a question, they might not get back to it. Like they might have posted that video a year ago and they're not even entertaining questions and comments from it anymore. So doing something live like this, where you can ask questions, where you can talk to not just me, because like I said, there's other people in here who homeschool too, that will at you and, and give their response and give their answer. 
I love doing this because I wanted this <laughs> when I was getting started. And even now, I still want this because I, I still am learning things. Nine years in, I'm still learning things um, almost every single live. So yes, please do ask your questions. You said in your area, everyone's super religious and you've been attacked trying to trying to make a secular get together. Attacked? Ah. Uh-uh. Yeah, I hate that. And that's why I like doing these too, because it's like, mm. <laughs> um, there's this is a no judgment zone. Like I will block you with a quickness <laughs> if you're in here like trying to attack somebody. Um, okay, let me see. Your son's supposed to start online school in late August. Should you keep him on that till you can homeschool? No, no, you don't have to. I mean, if you just want to, you can. Um, but no, you don't have to keep him in. Like you can still fill out, excuse me, I'm a little bit burpy today. You can still fill out whatever forms are required for your state, if any, and just hold off till you can homeschool. Like you don't have to have him be doing the online school, but if you just want him to try it to see how it's going to work out, then for sure, like there's nothing wrong with having him try it, especially if you feel like it's going to be beneficial or an asset, or even if he's looking forward to it. So it's kind of, that's such a game time decision, like individual family decision too, but you don't have to. I think a lot of us who went to public school were conditioned to think kids must start school in August. If they're not starting in August, we are not doing right by them. And that's just not true. Your kid's going to learn regardless. Like just like they learn Roblox and Minecraft without us, they are, they're learning every day regardless. You said you're just so scared to fail your kids because you want more hands-on and not computer-based. Oh, see, first of all, just because you, right, right there, because you have that fear of failure, that's, that's what's going to drive you. That's what drives me um, because you're not just going to sit back and be complacent and just be like, oh, well, sucks, sucks for you. I give up. Like that fear is what is going to drive you to find a new curriculum when the one you have isn't working because you're not going to be satisfied with just giving up. So I still have that, um, that fear. Like that's again, what drives me to always be looking, you know, what's, what's out there, what's new. I don't just settle for one curriculum and stick with it for, you know, 50 years or whatever. Like always be looking for what's new, what's innovative, what's going to work best for their learning style. That, that fear kind of drives me. So I wouldn't even necessarily look at that as a as a negative. Like I wouldn't want it to be something that gives you anxiety and makes you sick though, because the opposite of fear is knowledge. That's what I tell my kids all the time. Like we're all afraid of snakes until we learn about snakes. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, I'm knowledgeable about knowledgeable about this. Um, and if ever you feel not knowledgeable about something, then that's when you just use that and say, I need to learn more about this. Like you're doing right now, by the way, you're doing it right this second, Le learning about homeschooling, talking to other people about it, getting different perspectives. And guys, I highly encourage you do check out the Rolodex list in my profile because there's a bunch of other homeschoolers on that list who are on TikTok. They make content, they answer questions so that you can get a whole different perspective too. Um, but that fear doesn't have to be a negative. Just use it as whatever you're afraid of, learn more about that. Um, so that's, that's what I suggest. You said, um, ideas for, oh, ideas for work from home jobs while homeschooling. Ooh, okay. So I have had, 
two full, two jobs outside of the home and then two different ones inside the home, work from home. Um, I'll be honest with you, I didn't love any of them. <laughs> but let's see, I worked for Nike for uh, two and a half years. That was just customer service, customer support from home. Um, the discounts were cool. The pay was fine. I just answered people's questions about their orders. It is totally something that you could do full-time, part-time, whatever you need, and very easy to apply to. It was just basic answering questions kind of job. Um, and then I also did, um, oh shoot, what is the name of that company? Why did I just blank on it? The company where you teach English to kids in China. What is the name of that company? Why did I just, it's just gone. Oh my gosh. Why did I just have, <laughs> like it just brain shut down. VIP kit, thank you. I did that, I didn't like it. I did not like it, um, but I did it. And I made some money. This was probably three years ago, but I didn't like it. Didn't like having to get up at that time. Um, there's also other moms who do medical transcription. You could be, um, what is that job? What's that job that, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking. The ones where you do the closed captions. Oh my gosh, I can't think. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's where you, you, you listen to the sound, you listen to the words and then you transcribe it for closed. Is it just transcription? Yeah, that might be it. Um, I haven't done that. I was I was close to doing that, but then I just said I just don't want to. <laughs> um, also, um, being a flipper, someone who sells thrifted things on eBay, surprisingly, y'all, that's decent. If you're consistent with it, you will make money. Um, so I do that too. I also sell things on Etsy, like the transcripts and the templates. So I think it all just also comes down to how much money do you need to make, like getting your ducks in a row. Like if you need to make a thousand dollars a month, you could get that from one company or you can find 10 ways to make a hundred dollars. So kind of just depends on what you would want to do. Um, you said you work for a company doing travel flights, hotels, and rentals for the workers. Oh yes. And U-Haul. U-Haul is another company where you can work from home, um, setting up rentals for U-Haul. So that's, that's an option. Um, but there's a bunch out there. I feel like more companies now offer remote opportunities um without having to have a whole lot of like um experience and stuff up front you hear a lot about minecraft can be learning based did you touch could you touch in a little did you did you touch on it a little a few minutes ago oh yes so yeah minecraft um there's a coding there's a way you can learn coding with minecraft i do have that one on my resources list and guys, when you go to the resources list, if you do control F, that'll help with the search because there's just so much on there. Um, yeah, there's a Minecraft coding tutorial. Um, it's hosted through code.org. And then also just I allow my I learned my son's learning style by allowing him to teach me how to play Minecraft. So he taught me in his way how to play Minecraft. And by observing how he teaches me, that's what I basically mirror back to him when it's time for me to teach him. Um, but yeah, uh, there's different ways 
uh, that coding game is one that, like I said, it just comes to mind um, for Minecraft. Okay, yeah, definitely do check it out. Your boys might love it. They might love the coding option. And then also the library has books on Minecraft. So if your kid is like a reluctant reader but loves Minecraft, get some Minecraft books because it teaches them different ways to build worlds, but they have to read it to find out. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's another thing. You said you're crazy. You're, you're homeschooling and getting a bachelor so you can make your own job. That's not crazy. That is not crazy. You are making an investment. You are planting a seed for the future, you know, tree of success of your life. That is not crazy at all. And if anything, everything that you're doing is a teachable moment for your kid. Same thing with my kids. Like when I do these lives and when they saw me, you know, learn how to set up an Etsy shop and, you know, all of that, they are, they are right over my shoulder learning this. Like I'll give you guys another example about how just your life is, is, um, is the curriculum for your kid. Um, ever since I've been doing these lives and, and growing on social media a little bit, I get emails or messages from different companies that are like, hey, will you talk about our product? And every time I get one, I allow my kids to read it and I'll ask them what they think of how, you know this this type of communication. And they'll they'll just highlight, oh yes, we think this is good, or oh, we don't like how that person came across. And everything is learning. Everything we do is an opportunity to teach your kids. And also I'm teaching my kids like they don't have to just do the nine to five. They can have different um, opportunities, different side hustles. When we talk about uh, when you guys share where you're from or what, you know, what you guys are liking to do, they they hear it and they'll say, oh, did you talk to someone from, I heard you talk about someone from Jerusalem or someone from Tennessee and we'll learn a little bit about that area. So your life is the curriculum, honestly. And then just, again, incorporating everything that you're doing right now, like, you know, earning your bachelor's, keep your kid in the loop, show them what you're doing, tell them what you like or don't like about it. Yes, Minecraft has a huge collection of chapter books like the diary of a zombie <laughs> that's what i say i've seen some of those books in the library and i was like oh so yeah like whatever your kid is interested in the library might have something to support that also y'all use your librarians not use that sounds bad think of your librarians as an extension of your homeschool like they are they are they would love to help you most of them i i have yet to come across a librarian who was dismissive of us. Like when you go to the library and you tell them you're a homeschool, they can act as almost like a connection, like a central exchange to connect you with activities and other people in your area and books, of course, that your kid would be interested in. Um, if you um, have a, or a, a child who's like a reluctant reader, use utilize your library and, and make friends with your librarian. I highly, highly, highly recommend that. Um, and, and make it consistent, like go on a consistent basis for sure. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Homeschool Help Desk Live. If you'd like to participate in a live show, you can follow me on TikTok at Cousin Tam and join the live every Monday through Thursday from 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And now back to the show. Okay, see a question in QA. You said homeschool, I love the... The emoji homeschool while having a side hustle can it be done yes 100 that's that's literally what i'm doing now so um in february is when i stopped working for nike and at the time i was just like man i'm just burnt out from having to show up so many hours a day because you have to have a certain set of hours when you work for them throughout the month or you 
you know, you're, you're considered not fulfilling your contract. So I had to work a certain amount of hours um, for each pay period. And I was just getting burnt out from that and had an issue with one of the managers. Um, I'm like, we are virtual. Why are you like this? <laughs> so I just decided, you know, I don't want to continue down that path. I need a break from it. I had been doing it for two and a half years. I was like, I need a break from this. Maybe I'll go back, but I need a break from this. So um, during that time is when I really like kicked up on, you know, being very interested in passive income and side hustles and having things where money could be made without me having to be so super involved in it. And that's when I started taking, you know, investing in dividend stocks more seriously so that you get dividends every month or every quarter, um, setting up an Etsy shop to sell some of the templates that I'm already using to people who want to use it thrifting, going to thrift shops, you know, maybe once, twice a week to find things that you can resell on eBay or other platforms. It doesn't have to be eBay. So yes, you can absolutely do it. And it's things you can teach your kids. It's part of the curriculum. Think of it as you're teaching them financial literacy. When you do this, when you have a side hustle, you're teaching them to be more self-sufficient. You're teaching them, you know, jobs aren't always a guaranteed way to have money in your pocket. So having other things that bring money in, is I think there's no better education than that. I mean, that is that not the point of sending our kids to go sending our kids to school so they can learn how to be functional adults? What's more functional than an adult with a with a side hustle who is balancing different things and doesn't have all their eggs in one basket? So that if you did, you know, if they did in their adult years lose their job, they can come back and say, Well, I remember my mom had side hustles when she was homeschooling me, so I'm gonna do what my mom did, or they might say to themselves, you know what, I think I'd rather just have side hustles and more freedom. So yeah, you can definitely do it. Um, and and I would, I would encourage you every step, teach it to your kid too. You know, if you are brand new to this and you're, you know, about to fill out the paperwork for your state to be an LLC, let your kid be right beside you and say, okay, this is what I'm doing and why. And if there's a failure, if there's something that doesn't work out, also share that with your kid too. Um, you also recommend being a realtor. Oh, real estate, Erica, didn't you also say that you would be willing to be on the list for the, for the help desk? I mean, for the Rolodex for your area? Hold on. I think you said that earlier and I meant to call that out, but my brain got distracted by another question. So, um, I'm following you now. I just clicked on your thing. Send me, uh, if you haven't already take a look at the Rolodex and send me what you will want me to say for you so that people can reach out to you. I think you said that. If you didn't say that, then I'm sorry. I might have just gotten your username confused with someone else's. I hope I didn't. But yeah, being a realtor, like there's a lot of freedom with homeschooling, y'all. Once you um, go outside of the seven to three mindset, August to May mindset, Monday through Friday mindset, you realize, oh, wait, I can actually teach my kids on the weekend or on in the evenings or in the summer. Um, we don't have to do it for two hours straight. We can do it in little, you know, 30, 45 minute chunks throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the year. And they are still learning. And if anything, they're learning better because you are teaching it to them in a, in a way that is unique to them. Um, and it, it makes for a more valuable learning experience because it's personalized. It's personalized to your child and it shouldn't look like public school. I know some of us, like my, I'll use myself. I was obsessed with making sure that what I was doing matched the public school at the beginning because I didn't want it. 
I didn't want to be deficient in any way. Um, but what I have since learned is that it should not look like public school. If you are, let's look at it like this. If you send your kid to public school and it looks like one way, but then you hire a private tutor, you would expect your kid to have different experiences, would you not? So think of your, you know, if you're if you're getting into homeschooling, if you're just new to it, think of it like you are hiring yourself to be your child's private tutor. You should not be replicating every single thing that the public school does. It shouldn't be a seven hour day, five days a week, 180 days per year from August to May. It should look different. It should feel different. It should yield different results. And I think once we, you know, separate that mindset of, am I doing what the school is doing? I think overall, it'll, it'll be a better experience for your kid. It'll be less stressful for you because you're not trying to keep up with a system that you honestly were not designed to keep up with. And again, like I said, you'll, you'll yield better results overall. Oh, I love that you guys are connecting. Okay, so yeah, you said you'd love to be a realtor. I would reach out to Real Estate Erica. <laughs> realtor, you can decide your client load and schedule around your baby schooling as needed. Ah, brilliant, yes. Yeah, again, guys, you do not have to homeschool on the same schedule as public school. You said you walked in at the right time. You've been trying to map public school. I, I did the same thing and it's hard. It's, it's very hard. It's like a small business trying to match Amazon. It's not going to happen. Like most small businesses cannot get your order out in two days. They cannot, you know, do it same day delivery or, you know, free shipping and all that. So do not compare yourself to public school. You, we are not a part of the system and we're not trying to be part of the system. So we shouldn't be emulating that system. That being said, if you're, you want to think about it, like begin with the end in mind. What is the goal of this? Is your goal to get your kid to college? If yes, then you're going to have to learn the approach of getting your kid to college from a homeschooler's path, not a public schooler's path. Because if you compare yourself to public school, you're going to feel like you're failing. You're going to feel like you're deficient because that is a system that is designed to operate with 30 kids in a class at a time and on that particular schedule. As a homeschooler, you're going to need to, you know, again, separate yourself from that thought process and say, okay, how did this homeschooler get to college? What is the homeschool path to college? Once you've learned that for your state, I think you'll feel a lot better and it'll, it'll free you up. Again, it, it'll be like, you can breathe <laughs> because you're not meant to operate that way. A small business is not a fail if it's not like Amazon. So I hope that that analogy helps to kind of, you know, let you breathe a little bit. <laughs> you said that was your initial thought when you first started, when you first considered homeschool. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, you don't have to be. Yellow Texas Rose, you said, uh, don't let other people pressure you to try to be like the public school. Yeah, I want to touch on that a little bit, um, what you just said, because my family was not uh, on board at first with homeschool. They had the same thoughts. I'm sure a lot of you, your friends and family have too. It's like, are you sure? Um, are they going to be behind? Da, 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 da. Um, 
And when you're alone <laughs> doing something brand new, it feels, you definitely feel the pressure a lot more. Sometimes you want to give up and you're just like, it will be easier to just go with the crowd, go with the flow. But I want to push back on that. And I want to say, again, using the, I'll, I'll use the small business thing as an option. You could get a nine to five. You could do that. But you're going to be kind of capped out at how great you can be, what you can do and when you can do it. You have chosen to homeschool for a particular reason, and you are going to have to sometimes cling to that reason when everyone else and everything else around you is saying you should do something else. It's the same thing that small business owners go through. They have an idea. They think it's going to work. And everyone sometimes around them is like not patting them on the back until it's successful, until you're a six figure business, until you're taking vacations when they're on their nine to five. Then it's like, oh, maybe maybe you're right. I, I knew you could do it. I was supportive. Uh huh. So just let them be observers. The people who are disagreeing with you, put them in the audience. Don't put them in the classroom with you. Put them in the audience. They are not on the administration you know, with you. They're not they're not board members that get a vote. They are observers and allow them to stay observers, stay in their lane, and you continue to do what's best for you. Put put your energy into it, put your all into it, um, take it seriously, and and then let the let the success of your kids do the talking. You don't have to try to convince people of why you're doing this, unless it's like a spouse or someone like you know the, the um, who has a say in the kids' upbringing. That's the only person who you whose voice or vote you should be entertaining. Anyone else outside of that, parents included, my parents did not have a vote. They were audience members. <laughs> um, and now they're my biggest fans. They think it's they think it's great. Um, but it took some years. It was not it was not something that they were upfront supportive about. Um, but again, I, I would I would want you to know that that you don't have to allow those voices to have a vote. Everyone has a voice. Not everyone gets a vote. Um, so. If you are in that situation, I would encourage you to to not let it um, not let it drag you down. You said your mom is already against it, and we haven't even started yet. Yes, my mom was also not for it, and actually, she's in this live right now, <laughs> so it can change. She is now the biggest fan of homeschooling, but yet yeah, first she was not. You had a family member against it because her brother wasn't properly educated. So she thought all homeschooling was not up to public school standards, et cetera. And we haven't started yet, but she's seen me preparing and has been blown away at what's really out there to use to homeschool. Yes, that's yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, <laughs> the rental draft seven. I love that um, because that's so true. A lot of people are going to compare what you're doing to what they've seen other people experience, whether it's on the news or like you were talking about, like someone your mother knew personally. Um, you just, again, have to kind of black out the noise, let them know I'm not them. That's not what I'm doing. And, and continue to, you know, do what you think is best for your child. Um, and again, sometimes you might be alone with, you know, you might be the only person that thinks that you're doing the right thing. Um, or they might be, they might get real quiet, so they go from criticizing to getting quiet, to then maybe being supportive. Because um, that was that. That's how it was for me. It's like at first, every, you know, it was critical. There was side eye. There was, are you sure? Then everybody got quiet, and then once they, you know, again over the years, got to 
see how it was working and then COVID happened and all of a sudden I'm the best thing since sliced bread. Homeschooling is amazing. Tam, tell us what you're doing. Da, 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 da. It's like, mm, okay. <laughs> it only took like five, six years for them to come around, but they eventually do or they don't. And again, they don't get a vote just because they have a voice. So that's my thoughts on that. But thank you for sharing that, um, that experience. <laughs> that's, that's my mom, y'all, who said sideline cheerleader. <laughs> but actually one thing that helped her come around faster was I, I did uh, used to use her as a substitute teacher occasionally when I was still working outside the home. So when she saw how much work went into it, just like Reynolds Drop was the Reynolds Drop Seven was saying, when she saw how much work went into it, then she was like, Oh, this is full blown. This is for real. <laughs> you said you're having a hard time with your fourth grader. She doesn't remember a lot of what we already went over. Any recommendations on learning methods? Oh man. Okay. So let me ask you this. Uh, Olivia, is it everything that your fourth grader struggles to remember or is it like just the learning stuff? But she remembers like the dialogue from the episodes of shows that she really likes, because that's my middle child. If that's if 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 that's what your youngest, if, if that's what your daughter's experiencing and what if that's the case, um, what I would suggest is try to incorporate the shows and the things that she has no problem remembering. Try to incorporate that in with the school day. So for my kid, she, it would be like one ear, in one ear and out the other with our schoolwork when she was younger. But My Little Pony was her jam and she can remember every detail it seems like from every episode. So it wasn't that she had a memory problem, it was just the way I was teaching her wasn't clicking. But once I started to incorporate words and references and the characters into the lesson, all of a sudden it started to click a little bit better. And then also playing games, I think really helps using music really helps to teach concepts. Um, but if you feel like it's everything, like her whole memory is just not too great. Um, I would definitely encourage you to maybe speak with her doctor about that the next time y'all go in for a checkup. But if it seems like, nah, she can remember her shows, she's just not really focused on school. I would consider um, changing the approach to include include more of the things that she does like. Um, let's see. Yeah, in a chair doing work, she's on. No, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Let me go back up. I missed a comment from Tracy. You said family told family told me send them back because they aren't learning anything. Mm, kids always learn. You said, haha, good thing I don't care about their opinions. <laughs> but kids can't not learn. It's not possible. They always learn. That's my opinion. Your mom was unsure, but once she saw how COVID was handled and the school grading was here she was like cool <laughs> yeah yeah sometimes they just have to see how you are doing things because sometimes people who are opposed to homeschool they only have like this outside looking in perspective from like the news or rumors but once they see how you're operating a lot of times the the mindset changes completely you said your family's biggest thing is being social, but honestly, how social can you be in school if you sit in a chair doing worksheets all day? Yeah, that social thing is, again, I think that's like leftover from the 80s and 90s when homeschoolers basically had to almost do it in hiding and seclusion and secrecy. Socialization is not a negative. It's not a problem. Um, as long as you're out living life, you're, you're good. Your kid is going to have friends. They're going to be social. Um, I, again, I, I really do think it's like a leftover auto response from the 80s and 90s, but socialization is actually, I said this earlier in the live, but socialization is kind of actually the opposite problem in homeschool in that you can do 
so much socializing that you're not doing a whole lot of schoolwork in my so yeah that's live life they will be social <laughs> you said because we out here living exactly um let's see they're sitting doing work all day even at a young age the most socialization my son got was at recess 30 for 30 minutes a day ah oh, i know yeah i again y'all whenever i hear that concern i you know how um when you when you set an out of office message for your email <laughs> I do that whenever someone brings to me the socialization concern and it's not coming from a place of like genuine concern where it's just like, oh, homeschoolers aren't socialized. That's an auto response that gets like auto moved to the back of my brain, deleted, like not even paying attention to that because it's not true. They do not know what they're talking about. And it really is, like I said, it's just a, it's just like the default argument against homeschooling because there really aren't many others. And even when people try to bring up... Um, that people use abuse to cover up homeschooling. I'm like, that's not a homeschooler. That's an abusive person. That's not the same. Just like a teacher who gets arrested for an inappropriate relationship with a child. It's not a teacher. That's a predator. We don't put those two in the same category. And if, they, if that's the argument that people bring to homeschooling, I'm just, I'm quick to shut that down. Because again, an abusive parent, that's not a homeschooling parent. That's a criminal. We don't put criminals in the same category as law-abiding citizens, just like we don't put pedophiles in the same category as teachers. We don't put abusive families in the same category as homeschool families who are taking it serious. Not even entertaining that argument. <laughs> uh, you said the retired teachers in your family aren't supportive. Mine weren't either. Yep, my my husband's family had educators too, and they, they were not either. Now they are, but they weren't. <laughs> but you said, but you no longer cared after a while, yeah. You said a public school teacher in your church group got really offended when I told her we were homeschooling. Mm, that's okay. Being offended is not against the law. You can. That's her feeling. <laughs> Y'all, sometimes I can get really sassy and snarky about that. Like, it is not my job to make sure you're not offended. Be offended. <laughs> Have a good day. <laughs> Have the day you deserve, as people are saying nowadays. Like, be offended. But again, if you're looking at this critically... Anyone who looks at it critically and says that they truly believe public school is the best option for all kids, they're lying. They're lying and they're not looking at what's right in front of them. And the fact that some of us, not all, because it's not for everybody, homeschool is not for everybody, but the fact that some of us have decided to dedicate our lives to making sure that our children have the best possible education that we can give them through whatever resources that we find to be um the best for our kids, that's our prerogative. Homeschool is the default setting for how we educate because from birth through five, most kids are at home. Some go to daycare and preschool, of course, but still the, the bulk of what they're learning is from home and that's the default setting. So the fact that we choose to continue it beyond the age of five, that's our business and that's our right. And then if we choose to outsource it to public school, private school, charter school, again, that's also our choice, also our right. The fact that people think they have such, that their voice equals a vote in how we raise our kids is baffling. But again, I will continue to say this, your voice is not a vote. You can be offended, you can be upset, you can disagree. I'm not gonna try to talk you out of your opinion. I'm still gonna do what I think is best. <laughs> You said you told her different strokes for different folks and moved on. Exactly, 
You said your daughter would speak to the deer outside if she could. You have no worries over socialization. <laughs> that is my middle child. She she has no no problem whatsoever talking to anyone at any time about anything. In fact, when my husband's friends would come over, um, my children basically interview them. They're like, so tell me. <laughs> and they'll just have like this list of questions for anyone who comes into our home. You are going, they are going to get to know you. They are going to ask you about yourself. Sometimes I have to cut it off and be like, okay, they didn't come here for you. <laughs> like, let it be. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, this, I, I really do think socialization actually has the opposite effect on homeschool kids, with, especially if your kid has never been to public school. They've not been taught to shut down. They haven't been taught to. Um, what's how do I want to say this? They haven't been taught to fit into a mold. They are just happy being themselves. And if you don't like them, they're OK with that. They will find another person to talk to because they know there's other people in the world. They meet new people all the time. So they're not going to take the fact that you don't like them to heart the way you might in public school if you know you're stuck in in the same class with a person who doesn't like you and they're they just keep coming at you for nine months straight out of the year you might adapt yourself so that that person leaves you alone that's a form of socialization is you know self-preservation but that's not what i want my kids to go through i don't want them to feel like they have to shrink to fit in or to, to not be bothered by the bully. I want them to know they can walk away and find a new friend or find a new person to talk to. And they do. Now they do it at different degrees. Cause like I said, my oldest is a little less social than my middle child, but that's fine. That's just who they are as people. So yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. But <laughs> my kid is the same way. She would talk to anybody, anything, any day of the week. Generational trauma is real. You've been unlearning what's the right way all through my 20s. Yeah, it's real. It is so real. Yes, you said your five-year-old talks to everyone from three to 30, right? They they will, if, you, if you'll talk back, they'll talk to you. <laughs> you said you reported a state employee and yourself and children have been harassed ever since. Oh, no. I don't like that. That The reciprocity, I don't like that. Have confidence in your abilities and keep it moving, right? That's it's easier said than done sometimes, but yes, 100% agree. You said preach. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Sometimes I do get onto my soapbox, but it's only because I take offense to people who automatically assume the worst about homeschoolers, but will gloss over. Like they'll take the worst news that they've heard about someone who homeschools and they'll say, this applies to the whole group. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Just like it doesn't in this situation, in this situation, in this situation. There's so many situations that I could bring up where you have a type of a person or that's that's stereotyped, but it doesn't apply to the whole. I've been in the military. We're not all like all military men aren't abusive, which is a common stereotype. Or or um, all teachers aren't that word that I said earlier that I'm not sure I can keep saying. <laughs> You know, they're not all predators. Um, it's just like because you have some in that group that fall under that under that group, that, that doesn't apply it to the whole. But I, I feel like homeschooling doesn't get that same grace. It just always gets the side eye because you might know of someone who's weird or someone who was a criminal because that's what they are. I'm going to call it like I see it. But that's not that 
doesn't apply to the whole group. And it just really bothers me that people won't make that separation until you highlight it for them. And then they're like, oh, well, why are you so upset? Like, what you mean? Why am I so upset? You just lumped me in with a group of criminals. I'm upset. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Mm, all right, I'm done with that topic. <laughs> oh, man. The funny thing is every single time they said something negative about me, homeschooling, I think you got cut off. Uh-oh, I think your comment got cut off. Oops, sorry about that. I hate the caps on this like comment section. Like, let the people speak. The funny thing is every single, oh no, that's the same one. Uh, thank y'all for agreeing with me. Yeah, sometimes I get just fired up about that. You tell your daughter to be self, don't try to be like others. Exactly. Your son has never met a stranger. You have to dial him back sometimes and no filter either. But that's part of socialization. It's like you telling him like, hey, we got to kind of put a cap on some of this. So you're teaching him. You're doing right. You're doing the right thing. But same. <laughs> um, let's see. You said, especially for children with disabilities, imagine being ADHD and getting yelled at for moving. I know. I hate that so much. I don't like that. And I know like the teachers like can conceptually, like they know that it's not the best interest in the best interest of in the best interest of the child, but at the same time, they're beholden to a system of how to best manage 30 or 40 kids in a class, which is to have them all sit down, even though that's not necessarily the best thing. It's it's wild. You said homeschooling is awesome for single mothers that can't afford after-school care. I agree. You said he asked the woman in the store for her phone number so he could <laughs> so he could number so she could so he could send her a picture. Yeah, yeah, you know, but that's just learning different proprieties, different cultures. Like, hey, we can't just ask people for their number like that. We we have to, you know, dial it back a bit. You think you finished your comment and it's gone. <laughs> Uh, you said this is your second year homeschooling your ASD daughter and you feel like you did many mistakes, but you're ready for seconds. Judith, I made so many mistakes in the first like two to three years. It's it's going to happen. Like like I said, I, I use the business owner example a lot. In your first couple years of being a business owner, you're going to make a ton of mistakes. But in your fourth, fifth, sixth year, 10th year of being a home or being a small business owner, you're going to have those things ironed out and you're, it's going to be a lot smoother. But anytime you do something new, gardening starting a business, anything that's different from the norm, their mistakes will be made, but learn from them. That's the key. Like, let, don't keep making them. Like, learn from them and, like you said, be ready for more. So totally fine. I'm still probably making mistakes that I'm going to look at in three years from now and be like, why was I doing that? Um, but, yeah, that's just part of life. Uh, you said, my daughter loves to give hugs to almost anybody and you have to be like no not everyone right yeah will you be adding resources to amazon you've gotten everything that applies to fourth and seventh grade i will i will um you said you love essie what's my store name my store name is homeschool help desk live i'm either cousin tam or homeschool help desk live everywhere including the podcast um, and then I also do have a link to it in my store or um, in my uh, link tree, but it's homeschool help desk on Etsy. And on Teachers Pay Teachers. 
actually, I'm sorry. It's just homeschool help desk, not live. There's no live on Etsy, just homeschool help desk on Etsy. So thank y'all again for the likes and the follows too. I appreciate that. Oh my gosh, wait a minute. We've been going... I hope y'all enjoyed that episode of the Homeschool Help Desk Live. Remember that I am on TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube at Cousin Tam. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye.